Welcome back to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen, the ritual has begun, and we are ready to appease the old gods one action-packed minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com, and for one final minute, we have Ben Walker's story of Cheap Chill Show. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, Heidi. Good to how'd, be back. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you sleep last night on the couch there? Your cat would not move. <laughs> I mean, it's fine, like, if it's a little kitten, but a mancoon yes. on your chest the whole time is wasn't super helpful, but I got through the night. Well, you know, Molly's on vacation, so I've been watching her her main coon, and, I, you know, she really makes her, her uh, space known. She really likes to take up space in the room, so... Uh, that actually ties in a little bit with my recommendation later, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, in this minute, in this minute, it's a uh, minute 87 of the cabin in the woods. And, uh, well, it it's a, like, it's been 89. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. It's, you know, you just, you take a movie, you start chopping up them there minutes and talking about them can we get behind the scenes for a minute yeah let's do it when you you this is your second movie that you've chopped up you're almost done yes you clearly chose these movies because you enjoy them yes right okay do you do you feel like you're gonna enjoy them after the dissections are you gonna be able to watch them the same or i think you can't yeah you can't watch them the same i don't think i watch any movies the same now that i've done movies by minutes podcasts i feel like with i already have a little something uh, so behind behind the scenes the way i often watch something brand new is when the first scene of a movie comes up in my head i will start saying out loud not out loud out loud in my inner brain i'm saying to myself what is happening in the first minute because sometimes that helps me sort of like get into the movie so you know in my head i'm kind of going opening scene okay it's germany it's 1962 or whatever. Like I'm kind of telling myself what's happening because it takes me a while. Kind of like I like to reread the the beginning of a book uh, a little bit to sort of set the tone. I don't know if it's, I wouldn't call it a disability, but it's something where I just really need to concentrate. So doing something like this actually has helped me get better at noticing how a movie starts and where the scene is mm. set and what the sound track is doing and who's in the scene and stuff. So I think it's actually enhanced my ability to view movies in general. Your intake of movies. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I would just say that like behind, behind the scenes is like the back alley. Mm -hmm. Now you've exited, <laughs> you know, you're in the smoking area back there now. But it's true. Like for me, something similar happened where, you know, I would take in movies my whole life, even into like adulthood, where it would just be like on the surface level where I would just look at, you know, the costumes and the stuff that happens and some of the lines that I like. But I wasn't really even taking in the story, if that makes sense. Totally. And I think even going to art school and like learning how to storyboard, I still didn't quite get it. And it wasn't until I got with uh, my now wife, Amanda, 
and we would watch movies together and she would, you know, I'm used to like silence while you're watching movies, you know, you don't talk, but she would sort of, you know, quietly just sort of say what the characters are feeling Mm -hmm. out loud as the scene happens and point out, you know, stuff like that they would rather be doing anything else that they don't want to be in that situation that, you know, they're sad or hurt or whatever, because she's just got like this amazing sense of empathy. She couldn't help but like say what was going on with the characters. And I'd be like, of course she had never seen star Wars before. She hates Mm -hmm. space. (laughs) So had avoided any movie revolving around space uh, so I was able to like introduce these movies to her and take them in for the first time in a way by, you know, seeing them through her eyes. And she would say like, oh, you know, Han and, and Leia and uh, what's the other one? Luke, no. mm-hmm. <laughs> they, um, they were all kind of roped into this thing and, you know, they probably would be doing, you know, rather be doing something more comfortable and they're all kind of scared and young and figuring it out as they go along. And, I had just watched this movie dozens of times just being like, Oh, first the robots escape and then they walk on the planet. And then, you know, I just have like a list of things that happen in my head. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, (laughs) that's a great story. story. I think it's, it's, I've also had um, film watching and even TV show watching enhanced by watching it with Brian. Like we take in different different information and sometimes we'll just you know say oh let's pause this and sort of talk about what we just experienced you know or like I think this might be going on and I think that might be happening or it looks like you know and sometimes it's sort of maybe trying to solve a mystery but a lot of times it is talking about what what emotionally the beats are or for me too like I really get swept away with the music so much that sometimes uh you know maybe it's being a musician or I don't know but like I'll I'll get so swept up in the music that I'll I'll say oh can we rewind this I actually any of that dialogue cuz I'm paying too much you know paying so much mm-hmm. attention to what's happening with the music and um that's also something that happens out in the world like if I'm at a restaurant and the song's playing and it's just a certain volume mm. i i really have a hard time concentrating with talking with people oh, yeah. and stuff because i just start enjoying the song or especially if it's something i know the words to and then i'm a goner you're like elaine bennis's boyfriend when oh yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah so i think it is good to, to it's nice to see how other people experience movies and and television but also i feel like because there's so much to consume out there like i'm listening to podcasts throughout the day and then maybe putting on a movie that i'm watching with my husband at night or you know watching half of a tv show and i'm eating lunch and things that i have to stop and kind of just think about those things and let them absorb and and appreciate the art that went into it before i jump into the next awesome thing to watch. No, I know what you mean. I've had to make a point to like have time for my own thoughts, you know, because if you don't set aside that time, you'll forget to totally your own thoughts, you know, between the podcasts and the shows and all the, all the content out there. Now 
I mean, I, I started a podcast because I love them and, and the format in general and how much they've contributed to my life. So it's, it does take like setting that stuff aside in order to form the thoughts in order to come up with your own stuff. Yeah. What it has helped me is sometimes I'll put on my calendar for the month, like a fresh month, I'll write a couple of things really large that are like the things that I want to have be the things I concentrate the most on because it's, it is easy to consume by the end of the month go, oh, I didn't really move forward much on this project or that project because, because I was enjoying. Yeah, I did the exact same yeah. thing this weekend, actually. I think you did, you'd uh, appreciate this. I, you know, have at any one time in my, in my life, in my brain, I have at least, I, it's hard to count how many like projects or dreams or whatever it is that I want to do in my head. And I can't even really keep track and sometimes, you know, major um, goals and, and things that I want to do, I lose track of them because they're not related to the one that I am thinking about at the moment. So I had to like visualize all that this weekend. And I made, you know, I'm a, a designer. So I just kind of made logos for each project or dream that I'm working on and um, laid them all out. And it looks like there's, you know, six of them that are the main ones. And I turned that into my uh, desktop on my computer. So it's always up in front of where I'm working. I guess it's a, a lazy vision board. That is a perfect ver that is a perfect example of how a creative person makes their own, like you said, like a vision board type of thing. I actually that's the first thing I do when I'm about to start a new project is I make a logo for it. So I totally, totally get that. And then I also, you know, uh, make sure the domain names are available for it too. <laughs> and like the Twitter handle and, oh, and, so and hard. Instagram and all that stuff. That level, that adds, it adds such an enormous level of work and kind of a bum out to, to anything creative that you want to do. Now you have to make sure that the name is going to work and hasn't been taken a million times. And it's like, there's always going to be something out there named the same thing and you just have to hope that you don't step on each other's toes or that they don't shut you down because their you know trademark is gonna be too close to what you're doing right or it doesn't keep you from working on that project because you think somebody else has already kind of done their version of it or something yeah and a lot of times the the project is you know in its infancy it's mostly the name a lot of times you know like you're not even really sure what exactly it is, but the most appealing thing about it is this, you know, name that kind of sums it up. And actually one of these projects that I've started on was, was having that problem. So I decided to not worry about naming it. And instead I'm coming up with like episode ideas for shorts. And, uh, I was like, well, I'll just write an episode a little short about how difficult it is to name a thing and how, you know, you just keep running into roadblocks. That's a great idea. So yeah, you know, we should definitely talk about this more. I, I'd love it if you come on my new project, my other podcast, because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking with other multi-creative people about their process. And, um, you know, I think through that, learning these little tricks and ideas and ways that we do things, though, that it can kind of um, 
spark that conversation and maybe even help yeah. other people do their creative stuff because it's a great subject to talk about, but it's severely off topic. Yes. So let's get into this juicy minute. And when I say juicy, oh my gosh. So we've got it's action packed right here at the beginning of minute 87 of the cabin in the woods. We're following up on Marty having this fight with the director and he's shooting into the back of this um, werewolf and the werewolf skedaddles up the stairs. He's like, <laughs> you know, it's a human obviously in this, this werewolf costume. And he, I love that he uses it, it. So far we've only seen him upright pretty much, but in this particular situation, he's kind of climbing up the scare stairs and you see his, his butt kind of wiggle and jiggle on up there. I think it's like a funny little moment. It's always made me kind of laugh. Yeah. So yeah, Dana, Dana, Marty, Dana's just, I guess she's in really just, she's a bloody mess on the ground. And Marty is after he shot the werewolf, he's fighting with um, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver is, is, returning what he did to her so he had slapped her in the last minute and this minute she grabs looks like she grabs the gun and she oh no she doesn't she tries to grab it but she gives him a big a big punch right across the the face there and uh marty mm. hits the ground she kicks him so she's a badass whatever she does as a director she's also been doing her workout her pilates her weights whatever to keep in in top form because she she has no problem kicking his ass my question is can we all get along <laughs> you know why can't people use their words and you know i don't know i feel like for being the uh for hosting a, a horror podcast or whatever like violence seems to bother me more than ever i just sometimes just like i don't like it i don't like looking looking at some gorny weaver getting slapped you know does she have to get slapped does she have to hit people back i don't know yeah no i mean i you know we jumped into something that's upsetting in a way because it's a bunch of people kicking the shit out of each other and getting mauled by a monster and uh and i do feel like something that's i've heard out there and you, you may be able to back this up is that you know people who make horror movies and people who are a part of that whole scene maybe to go to the conventions and you know love getting autographs or going and seeing the live music and all that stuff that that a lot of people in that scene are really just a bunch of sweetie pies you know <laughs> they're, they're just a really nice group of people mm -hmm. and that horror directors uh you know i i feel like that's kind of a common thread is a bunch of really nice, sweet people. So, so yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. And I've noticed that, you know, I think a lot of people have noticed that there's a through line with comedy people and horror people. They're, they're basically the same mm -hmm. personality for the most part in a way, like if, if that's really your thing, you know, and it's like, yeah, they're, they're going to be sweet. They're going to be nice people who've, who've channeled, stuff into a thing that they are very interested in at the same time i think they both have gone through stuff or working some things out you know and so the comedy or the horror or both will help with that i just have noticed like 
especially living around here, we, we relocated to the foothills above Sacramento, uh, like on the way to uh, Reno. Everybody's super nice, super friendly out in public, you know, just everybody is very family oriented and ultra friendly. Yeah. You know, you've been out here a lot. But I've also noticed that like nobody's funny. Mm. Nobody, nobody can riff with you or gets what you're like going at when you try to make a joke at the grocery store. And there's not also a lot of, you know, looks like there's not a lot of like horror fans just based on the the DVDs for available at the uh, second hand right, store. Right, right. But um, the point is, I think, you know, if you don't have anything that you're trying to work out psychologically, you might not get into horror or comedy. Yeah, I I love that talk because obviously you and I have talked before about like we're huge horror fan uh, horror we are huge horror fans or of particular types of horror and also comedy fans. And you've worked with a lot of comedians and I definitely feel like I like that they're always processing and using, like you said, using their medium, whatever it is to kind of process maybe childhood traumas or, you know, other things like that. And, uh, that, that, um, sense of humor whether it's a dark sense of humor or whatever it is it's such a it's such a connector and and i remember like since i lived up in that area generally that area that you guys are living in for junior high and high school i definitely found my people but it took a while and until then i i was the outlier, you know, but I found the people. I also found the, the, the one little video store that would, um, have suggestions and ideas for really weird movies that, that I got exposed to back in the, the eighties. And, and I mean, that was out in yeah. rough and ready. So, you know, it's like, it wasn't a podunk town, mm -hmm. but there was somebody working at that video store that, that was right in the wheelhouse of these weird eighties horror comedy creepy midnight movie kind of things. And then when I moved to the Bay Area, it took me a while to find my people. And I mean, yeah, of course, there's always going to be people here that are creative and weird, but your your own types, it takes a while. And I think my dark humor, I guess dark humor to me is, I mean, obviously it's a little bit subjective, but I kind of think of that as like when I do think, say things in the room, just nobody gets or understands or bristles at and i'm like okay th these aren't my f people I'll, I'll just keep looking <laughs> and mm -hmm. just keep being myself but it feels kind of uncomfortable it yeah. becomes a language yeah. you know it's like a litmus totally. test and uh it's it's good to have those because you know you can you can weed out the people that you're not interested in spending time around anymore and uh and then when somebody does get something, you can like lock eyes and be like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Don't even need to explain. Yeah. And I feel like that's also, you know, getting back to podcasting, like it, it gives you an opportunity to, to talk about things in the way that you see the world. And then likewise, you get to listen to other podcasts where you are hearing sort of how other folks see the world and, and, uh, you get to kind of feel like, oh, okay, that I, if we hung out, we'd probably get along pretty well because I get them and they're, we're kind of. Well, yeah, not, not just even, you know, 
subject matter, you know, is great, of course, as far as like, oh, you like the same stuff as me, but also just the fact that you do something and I do something is a huge, you know, a huge factor as far as, you know, getting along with people. And you, if you are trying to do stuff, you need to know other people who are just trying to do stuff. It doesn't even really matter what it is. You know, you can hang out with a stand-up comic or um, an artist or a writer or whatever, and you're going to have a lot more to talk about even if you, you know, love decoupage or, or totally. whatever it is that you do, <laughs> as opposed to somebody who just likes to watch TV and eat and try to find people to have sex with, or I don't know <laughs> what people, most people spend their time at, but it, it seems like it gets, that would get pretty boring. But, you know, it seems like the majority of people out there are content to just not necessarily even do anything. They don't even know what a podcast is, you know? Yeah, it has been a, a connecting thread for sure. And found a lot of community through, through, uh, some of the Facebook group and other podcasters and creators. So I think, yeah, creators and other creators, we also like to create and oftentimes like to collaborate too. So uh, speaking of creating and collaborating, let's collaborate on the final moments of this minute. So as uh, Marty and Sigourney are battling it out, we get one more moment of action here we've got a new character somebody we haven't seen in a while so she's been here since since the ritual truly began it's patience buckner patience buckner comes comes uh shuffling down the stairs she's one of our redneck zombie killers and she shuffles past dana and you're not exactly sure who it is yet because Dana's just seeing like her leg and a little bit of her dress, but Marty and uh, Sigourney are busy beating the crap out of each other. And then we get the telltale sign because we see her little, her little axe, her little beginner axe, I think is what Molly calls it. Her baby axe comes into view and we another get another little comedy moment, I think, which is like Sigourney and her gloved hand goes right into Marty's face and kind of grips him in the face. And I think Dana is doing something that I feel like I do when I'm stuck in a, in a dream, which is she's calling out Marty's name, but her, her throat's a little, little dry from fighting or whatever. And she's like, mm. Marty, Marty. And I feel like I've had nightmares when I was, a kid where I can't quite oh, yeah. say somebody's name full out and it's kind of scary, but she's trying to trying to warn him that here comes patience. And the very last thing that happens is pretty dramatic. So I'll just explain it here in case you couldn't see it in your, your dark screen <laughs> is that um, the very mm -hmm. last moment here, Sigourney gets the upper hand over Marty. She slaps him again. She's got the gun right at his face. So, I mean, it looks like Marty is seconds away from being shot right in the head. But just at the right moment, we get another um, little help from from one of the creatures, which is Patience uses her good arm, the arm that hasn't been et off. And she takes her little beginner axe and slams it right in the back of Sigourney's head 
then she starts making her way looking towards Marty, but Marty is able to use his leg and leverage his leg and body strength by and shove Sigourney off. And because, because Patience is still sort of attached to Sigourney, because her axe is still in Sigourney's head, the director's head, they both go whoop and they fly right off the side and down, down, down. And that is it. We're done. Mm. Into the abyss that's Into the abyss. filled with the ancient ones. And that's the end of that minute. So, yeah, you did get a, a bit of a violent minute. I'm sorry if it was upsetting to you. <laughs> you never know how these minutes are going to pan out. Yeah. I mean, it's a horror comedy, so you're going to have some violent moments, I think. But, you know, <laughs> probably could have left the back of her head alone. So, you know, yeah. Know. So that's how this minute ends. Is there anything else regarding this particular movie that you wanted to talk about before we move into our Friday recommendations? Yeah. I mean, I like the, I like the twist of it. I like the, the sort of meta self-awareness to this one. This was Joss Whedon, right? Yeah. Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon co-wrote it. That it was directed by Drew Goddard, who his breakout film was Cloverfield. So he directed Cloverfield and then right. um, you know, he's gone on to do other stuff that we, and then he executive produced like the Martian and 10 Cloverfield lane. He worked on lost and has continued to do other stuff, including uh, executive produced the good place, which is an, a really cool, interesting series and has, has some connective mm. tissue with this, uh, this movie too in the way where it goes and what it but i don't want to give anything away so right but i like you know especially cabin where you can tell that you know the filmmakers grew up on monster movies and have just this vast you know library in their heads of of movies and characters and they know just how to pepper all that stuff in there without feeling you know, like some kind of ripoff or hackneyed. It's it's a fun spin on all these other characters and monsters from the Yeah, past. I totally agree. And I think on, um, you know, we talked last episode about how has it changed the way I watch this movie. And it definitely has, but in, in a way that's enhanced that in that noticing just even more sort of meta moments and um, really having fun noticing how much they they uh have the the ancient ones are really us you know that we're the ones that are wanting to be entertained and then you know the director her name is the director and you know they're trying to make something and manipulate uh, these characters so that 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 we the ancient ones can be can be entertained by something new so i like that yeah i mean it also you know kind of points out that you know, younger people are going to be, you know, taking this movie in and I think it'll kind of create interest in trying to figure out where all these characters kind of came from originally, you know, and sort of working backwards through film history, starting with Cabin. Yeah, totally. Totally good point. 
So yeah, so it's Friday and we usually throw out a couple of recommendations. So what would you like to recommend to our leaders, our leaders, our listeners and leaders today? I have a two-pronged recommendation. Sweet. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh my God. Yes. Which one? You know, there was, well, there was the one from the 50s, of course, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about 1978 film, the remake yes. with Donald Sutherland. Yes. Um, just a perfect horror movie and set in San Francisco. It was uh, shot like really close to where I used to live in, in certain scenes. And some of the scenes, like especially toward the end, I don't want to give it anything away in case you haven't checked it out yet, but they touch on like childhood nightmares so perfectly with as far as like what's physically possible and what can happen to a person's body and what can't really happen to a person's body. I think when you're a kid, you're not really sure. And some of the things that happen to people in this movie are just like so perfectly on point to things that would horrify me as a five-year-old. So I got to give it props for that. Also, are you familiar with hoopladigital.com? No. I keep trying to pimp that out and just, I don't know if anybody takes advantage, but uh, here goes again. If you have a library card, it's basically the library online and you can go and check out uh, movies and audiobooks and like PDFs of comic books and everything is on there. Um, so I watch a lot of movies on there and I mostly now listen to uh, audiobooks and it's all free. All you need is the library card. Uh, you type in your library card number. And so they have the original book of Invasion of the Body Snatchers on audiobook on hoopladigital.com. Do you see why I call my podcast Cheap Chills? See, it's you got the chills and they're cheap. Yeah, um, no, that's so awesome <laughs> because I feel like I've heard that there is a way to use your library card to get free stuff, but I think I always forget what it's called or whatever. So, and yeah. I haven't tried so it out. yet. So, yeah, it's read by it's read by the son of the director of the original film. So at the end of the book, he talks about his memories of his dad making the movie. It's really cool, and the guy's got a great voice. Oh, and that book is set in Mill Valley, where I've uh, spent a good chunk of my adulthood as well. So it's kind of cool to hear, you know, all the talk about all the streets you used to live on. And totally. Yeah, um, I'm so you know I. I was getting all hyped up when you mentioned Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I recently listened to a Switchblade Sisters podcast episode where um, they talk about a favorite genre film by wh- whoever the guest is on. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard Yeah, that it's one. a really awesome podcast. And they recently talked with somebody about Invasion of the Body snatchers it was a really great conversation and um i when um we had harper w harris on from the thing minute where he did the thing went over john carpenter's the thing one minute at a time i was saying that that it made me want to go back and watch invasion of the body snatchers again which he hadn't seen at that point anyways and i was kind of thinking like oh that'd be a good fun one to to rewatch and have him watch for the first time and maybe talk about it just as a one-off episode or something. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember 
really being impacted by it too, but it's been so long that I can't quite remember why. So I, I do want to revisit it for sure. So yeah, great. And the audiobook sounds like a really cool. So I'll definitely do that. Cool. So yeah, so the podcast that I wanted to recommend. So I may have mentioned this podcast before because oh yeah, I did because because um it's I was there too. And it's hosted by Matt Gorley, who also has a Maine Coon. So Molly has a Maine Coon. I uh, I do not. I have a dog <laughs> that's a Tibetan Spaniel. And uh, but uh, Matt Gorley has a Maine Coon who's um, very vocal and visits visits the podcast and even uh, is a guest occasionally. But uh, the latest episode of I Was There Too, he speaks with a woman named. Amy Landecker, who is an actress, and and one tangential connection is she, at the time of recording their episode, was engaged to Bradley Whitford. So she's either still engaged or hopefully married by now. And uh, it was just a really great episode. She was she had a very small role in Doctor Strange, so she tells the story. Uh, I was there too. He usually talks with people who maybe just had a small role, but in a in a bigger film. But she was also in on Transparent, and in uh, she's also worked with the Coen Brothers, and and she just had it was a really informative and funny and fun conversation. So I recommend that episode, which is one of the more recent ones. So it shouldn't be by the, the dang stitcher paywall yet. Nice. So yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you so much for joining me this whole week. And um, why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast again, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Yeah. Thanks for mm -hmm. having me, Heidi. Uh, you can find me on the cheap chills show with my wife, Amanda and that's wherever you get podcasts, but you can also check it out at uh, cheapchillsfanclub.com. And we also post all the video clips that we talk about, and we've got t-shirts that I design. I'm an illustrator, so um, you can see it all there. Sweet. Yeah, and, um, you know, we'll have Molly back next week, but it's been, been nice to uh, just have a little sojourn with you and uh so we'll just invite everybody else to come back and see us back at the cabin thanks mm -hmm.